Yo, yo, welcome to another episode of the one and only Minnesota Sports Podcast, the number one. And but like always, <clears throat> I am joined by my co-host, Bailey Greenman. What is going on, guys? It has been a while. I have so much sports to talk about, so we're just going to cut here because we got to hop right into business. Let's go. I've been going crazy missing you guys. Well, mostly Ray, I mean... I mean, that man's voice is just gold, so let's go. <laughs> yes, sir. So <clears throat> before we start talking about sports, I just want to give a update on the podcast. Moving forward, we're no longer going to have just NFL episodes. We're going to move away from the NFL picks and focus more on Minnesota sports since now is the season of the best sports and more focused on. So we're going to talk about the twins today in the Minnesota United, even though it's in the off season, we'll go over that and then we'll go over the active Gophers football, Vikings, Wild, and the Timberwolves. To start off, let's talk about the twins. They had a disappointing season, they were first in the AL Central for most of the year until the all star break when they got. A couple pitchers and were setting up for a playoff run, but weren't able to get into the playoffs. So that was a disappointing way to end the season, just losing a lot more than we won. But we do have Luis Arise and Byron Buxton to build off of. And sad to see him go. Most likely, Carlos Correa is going to leave us. You can't forget about Duran Duran. He ain't running nowhere. <laughs> Johan Duran is also a good thing to look into. And one last thing in the offseason for the Twins is they have Sonny Gray, who they can pick up a option to keep him in this next season. So we'll have to see how the Twins do this offseason. Like I said, I'm not really a big baseball guy, but with this podcast, I'm looking to pay attention to the Twins a little bit more when the offseason is going. Now to the Minnesota United. They had the up and down season, had their highs, had their lows. We did end up with the playoff berth at number seven. So we didn't have home field advantage, but we played in FC Dallas for the first playoff game. And... It was a good-looking game. We had the lead, and then we had a tie game, went into extra time, and ended up losing the game. It was sad, but, you know, it just goes to show that home field is big in the MLS, and especially with Minnesota having such a good home field advantage, disappointing. Home field is big in every sport. It is. It is. And I will say that Matt Nav, who has been on this podcast, was at Dallas watching that game, the playoff game. So I see him on his Snapchat and his social media, and it's exciting to see him have a good time while he's uh, traveling with, with the Minnesota United, just watching them play and being a, a big fan of them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to 
catching up with him every once in a while and seeing what they're up to in the offseason. Hopefully we can keep uh, Reynoso on the team and happy so we can build off of a team that looks like they're going to get a championship in the next couple of years. And we need that in Minnesota. So let's get into the in-season sports. The Gophers football. We started the year off strong with a 4-0 record. We played some sorry teams. And then we played Michigan State, who is known for solid football teams. We beat them, cracked the top 25. And how do we respond to that? The great Minnesota way, losing to Purdue, then Illinois, and then Penn State. If we beat Illinois Penn or Penn State, I believe that we'd be ranked still because they are both ranked right now. We Illinois back. is on fire this year. Yeah. Um, Penn State's always a big team. They always are. Always a tough game, especially it was their whiteout game. Oh, yeah. So that even was more. But, yeah, they just really – I mean – did they forget the oars in the boat? Because that boat isn't rowing anymore, dude. That's just floating down the river. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think with the Penn State game, that was Mo Ibrahim's first game back, or was it Illinois? Illinois. Yeah, and we still got beat. Um, with the Penn State game, we didn't have our starting quarterback playing. That was the week he missed, and that really hurt because having a freshman or you know redshirt freshman in there was a tough blow couldn't make those big third down conversions but still Penn State kind of put us into the ground I mean yeah you basically have a fucking grandpa pardon my French and Tanner Morgan yeah this man is married six year senior bro Wild, and then you got this young kid. It's that's a big difference. It is, it is. And after Penn State, we bounced back last week after a record-setting day for Mo Ibrahim. He got the most touchdowns in school history as a running back. So that's looking good. I think he's like a fifth-year senior as well. He's looking like he's gonna go into the NFL draft probably get drafted into the NFL. So we'll have to see how he first does there or early second round first or early second round. Yeah. Um, and that's tough feet. Cause it is the running last backs. running back. Yeah. Lawrence Maroney. Yep. So all, this, Saturday, this Saturday we have Nebraska coming up. We're just looking to keep the boat at this point and get a solid bowl game at the end of the year, which is coming up for college football. Now let's talk about something that we are doing well in Minnesota. Skull Vikings six and one Skull. heading into heading into week nine versus the Tyler Heineke led Washington commanders. First point I want to bring up is Zadarius Smith being named the Week 8 NFC Defensive Player of the Week and October NFC Defensive Player of the Month. He has been electric for the defense and leads the NFL in sacks, tied with 
Matthew Judon. Plus, he's up there in uh, tackle for losses, too. But, yeah, we'll get into this Washington game because I got a couple things on that. But, yeah, dude, he's been lights out. He's been healthy. Yeah. it's That's his biggest issue is staying healthy. And we've been a healthy team this year, and it's showed in our record. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, another thing is I want to see Daniil Hunter get a little bit more in the stat column. I know he does his job each and every play. He he puts those hurries on the quarterback and does what he needs to do. But I think it's about that time for him to show up into the, the sack column as well because he just hasn't been on the stat sheet as much as you'd like to see him. I think that has a lot to do with our 3-4. We haven't ran a 3-4 in about 40 years. Yeah. And, you know, he's not every play, you know. He's in the three-point stance, you know. Yeah. He's not like that. So, you know, his hop, he's not as close to that linebacker to use his speed or push, you know. That lineman kind of can get set up. And it's easier. It gives him more time for a double team. Yeah. And for me, I I was thinking, like, you know, I play Madden, so excuse my Madden-esque personality here, but I think it would it would help to have one of those guys on the defensive line. I think we have, you know, like a player in Brian Asamoah who could also play outside linebacker, and I think he would be a better cover linebacker as well, so... I think they should play around with them and their positions because normally you'd see those guys with their hands on the dirt going for the quarterback every play. But with the 3-4 position outside linebacker, they also drop back in the coverage. So I think it would would behoove them to put the Neil Hunter in the defensive line and having Dalvin Tomlinson out this week move and a couple more weeks possibly would benefit them. I like it. That's yeah, all you know, I got to say to that. You like, I it? like it? Yeah. I like it. I think also, it would be. I like what, it's, what he's doing. Oh, I mean, you like what he's doing. They're going to double team Zedarius, and then it's going to be Hunter's turn to eat. I mean, it's pick your poison on each side. So let's go on to the other side of the ball. With the trade deadline on Tuesday, November 1st, the Vikings acquire high-profile tight end from the division rival Detroit Lions, TJ Hawkinson. Let's go! In this trade, the Lions receive a 2023 second-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick, while the Vikings got a 2023 fourth-round selection and a conditional 2024 fourth-round pick along with Hawkinson. The condition is if the Vikings win a playoff game this year, the fourth-round pick becomes a fifth-round pick. Let, let's go on into it. What do you think about this trade? So I have a joke. You know, the best thing that comes out of Iowa is 35. Nope. Hawkinson, former <laughs> Iowanian quarterback or excuse me tight end oh i am so pumped he can block well he's been a top six tight end 
his career, especially with Stafford. Yeah. And especially with Irv Smith coming out, this is – it's a steal. Plus, we have him under contract for next year. Yep. Because the Lions picked up his uh, player option. So, I mean, an extension there. This is probably Irv Smith, you know. He's probably played his last games unless he comes back healthy in the purple and gold. But I see us extending him. He's 25 years old, 6'5", gives us a big body. We got – it's gold. Like, steal of the trade deadline. We are one of the biggest winners. There were some big moves. It was a crazy one. But you can't say no to weapons. Oh, yeah, for sure. Big-bodied dude like that. Iowa is known for making good tight ends. And now he has multiple weapons. I finally have a Vikings player on my fantasy team, which is nice. But I, I'm i ranting and raving about this, his size. We haven't had size like that since Kyle Rudolph. You know, that's jump balls in the end zone, take pressure off. For Justin Jefferson, Thielen, his stats aren't going to be gaudy because we have so many weapons. But to give up what we gave up, along with getting draft picks, because you know we hit our draft picks in the later rounds, at least in the Spielman era, we have him under control. He's going to be extended. It's not all in, but it is. Yeah, I agree with. <clears throat> with you, Bales, uh, with this article that I pulled up on Deadspin, the article titled, Does TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings Actually Make a Difference? And he starts the article off by saying that it's kind of a, a equal trade, which, in my opinion, I think the Vikings won because they didn't lose any draft picks. They just moved back in the draft, in each of the drafts. And we get a young tight end that's a top top 10 i think easily like you said top top 6 tight end so moving back two rounds and getting a player of his caliber i think will do wonders for this offense especially because we haven't been able to rely on irv smith that play against the Eagles where he drops the possible touchdown was is glaring in my memory. So that, you know, kind of shadows Irv Smith. But with TJ Hawkinson, I think we get another developed weapon because Irv Smith hasn't been able to play a full year in his whole time with the Vikings. And I think it really helps to have TJ Hawkinson at tight end because he's a better blocker than Irv. And I think he's a more reliable catcher as well. So I'm excited to see how they use him this coming week to prepare. I think we won't have to rely on him as much because he doesn't know the playbook being on the team for less than a week at the point when we play the commanders. 
But moving into Buffalo the following week, I think, is where he should know more of the playbook and will be able to utilize his play a lot better. And we're going to need it. So my prediction for the commanders is he gets 50 plus yards and a touchdown, because usually when you get that big of a player on the trade deadline, you want to show that he's going to pan out right away. So I think a touchdown and, you know, 50 yards, hopefully he gets targeted in this offense, gives Justin Jefferson more room to work with not having so much focus on him. Yeah, I mean, at least Irv Smith's drop wasn't a Christian Watson's drop. <laughs> Ooh, that yeah. man has not rebounded since. But, yeah, I, I would not be surprised. I mean, Kirk, he gets a lot of, you know, shit. But he's a leader, and he does a lot of things behind the books. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Hawkinson in his first pass. Yeah. If he's running around, just to, like, say, hey, you're here for a reason. Oh, for sure. And it's those little things. You don't have to be vocal about it, but you do that. He spreads the ball out. Yep. I mean, now he has little Randy Moss Jr. where he can just throw it up in the air, and Jefferson will make <laughs> a little nice catch like he did Yeah, against the Cardinals. But, uh, yeah, dude, it's – I could talk about this for another hour. Like <laughs> I've always loved Hawkinson. Yeah. He's got the long hair going too. You know, he said at his press conference, it's finally nice to actually go to win for once. Yep. yep. And he was talking about his family. He's a Midwest guy. Yeah. You know, they're closer, cut the drive by like four hours. Like he's excited to be here. He's excited to win. And we need that energy. Plus that big bodied. And don't forget on his yards after catch. This man gains and piles up yards after the catch. Complete upgrade. I'll be done talking. He's out of the toilet. And my wild card prediction for them uh, really uh, aged not so well. <laughs> and my... Uh, Seattle Seahawks being one of the worst teams also didn't age so well. So, <laughs> oh, that's rough. But, hey, this is the Minnesota Sports Podcast. We're here for Minnesota and 6-1. and one. Yep. Let's right. uh, move on into the team as a whole. Yeah, I want you to start off. What do you think about this game, man? What do you think? Well, before we get into the game, I want to talk about the power rankings. On Vikings.com, they accumulate all of the big sports networks that provide a power rankings. And we hold steady at number five, average-wise. Um, on and NFL.com, we're number seven. And Bleacher Report, we are number four. Sporting News, we are number four. CBS Sports, number four. Sports Illustrated, number five. Pro Football Talk, number five. USA Today, number five. And last but not least, Yahoo Sports, number six. So took an average of all those, and we are at number five throughout all of those articles. 
But I think with this TJ Hawkinson trade, it really shows that we are in it to win it. And not only for this year, but years moving forward, this year is a big surprise to many. And I want to go back to one of our earliest podcasts saying that the Vikings could go 13 and four. And every, you know, all you guys looked at me like 13 and four, man, you, you're a little hopeful there, but now looking at it, these guys can go 13 and four still. And the defense is looking good. Maybe not great, but enough to keep us in the games, have the lead and we're forcing turnovers at the right times. The thing that I want to see more of is being more consistent on offense, especially when we force turnovers and we don't do anything with it. You know, I think we Big. they really let the Cardinals stay in that game because when it was time for the offense to put put the nail in the coffin, they stagnated, ran the ball, got stopped, punt punt the ball back. And I think with the commanders this week, it's a statement game. And we really need this momentum going into Buffalo the following week to really show that this team is a contender for the Super Bowl. So we'll have to see how it goes. I'm thinking we're going to win by two possessions. We should have won two possessions against the Cardinals, but Greg Joseph missed the extra point to make it nine. So just those little things we need to improve on, I think, is what's going to happen this week. Yeah, I, I love it. Like, we're not really putting all three phases together in a game. And we are winning these close games, which last year we lost these close games. Oh, for sure. But I like that we're in the five to seven range for the power rankings. We're not counting our chickens before they hatch. Kevin O'Connell, KOC, still has ways to drop the hammer and saying, saying, oh, yeah, great, great win. It's more like a way to find a way to win. You know, this is what we have to work on. It's keeping us grounded, and that's what I think we need. Oh, yeah. First year with Kirk Cousins coming off of the Minneapolis Miracle, also losing to the Eagles. We were number one that next year. We've laid eggs. Keep doubting us because you know what? We will prove you wrong. Hopefully Greg Joseph doesn't Gary Anderson us because he's kind of scaring me a little bit. But uh, there's a lot to like. And with this game this week, oh, man. Yeah. It's it's a trap game. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> you got to think, like, I'm probably the biggest Taylor Heineke fan in the world. I went to preseason games every year for the Vikings. And that man is a winner. I've seen him pull together multiple ending win drives, runs, touchdowns, two-point conversions. Just like he ran it in against the Colts, just like he did it against the Packers. Last year he did it. That man is a winner. And I am I love that guy. It's hard to bet against him, honestly. All I see him do is win. What what's that song? 
All I do is win, 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 no matter what. That was about Taylor Heineke for sure. <laughs> that man is good. My biggest thing, I think our biggest thing, is their O-line will not be able to contain our D-line. We were talking about Daniel Hunter. This is a game set up for him to eat. Yeah. Their O-line. That's going to be our biggest factor. Yep. I think we'll have to see with Dalvin Tomlinson out. We'll have to see if the the D-line, the three D-linemen will be able to hold up because Dalvin Tomlinson has been playing lights out this year. He's been the anchor of that line and is the consistent man that plugs the hole. So we'll have to see how, how it goes. Like you said, I, I can see it being a trap game as well, just like how the Eagles – kind of look like a trap game today as well. So I hope they're not overlooking Washington because of the Bills the following week. But I'm thinking this is where the Vikings solidify their place and show that we're going to be able to beat these guys by two possessions. And we'll have to see how it plays out. Let's move on into your sport, the Minnesota Wild. They had the man, they're pigs. Let's go. They had a slow start this year. They got the nerves settled and bounced back strong. Uh, we had a conversation yesterday. They went 4-0-1 this past weekend. They had a big loss to Seattle in Minnesota today, 4-0. So that was a thumping. Thumped. So what do you have to yeah. say about the wild? In so we started, off, we started off on home stand. We were talking earlier, right in the beginning, that home field, home ice is always just such an advantage. And for the Wild, it always has been. We started off 0-3. Oh, yeah. Just like that. And our first three games, we let in 20 goals. We let in 20 goals. Yes, Flowers old. Probably just needed, you know, some WD-40, get his legs back in it. <laughs> but those 20 goals in a three-game stretch were the most in any three-game stretch in the NHL in 45 years. 44 to be exact. But And not all of it was flower. It was our defense. Our, def- my, our defense is kind of what scares me which is weird coming from a Minnesota team. I mean, our offensive consistency as we got shut out today, too, there's a lot of cause to be concerned about. It's funny how last year all we needed was a good power play. And this year, like, our power play has been the only thing keeping us up. Yep. With Zooks, Kaprizov, Boldy is – uh, animal. Yep. Rossi, he's, his name's being heard. He's all over the ice. He's just not getting on the stat sheet that much. And yep. that will change. You got to pop that cherry. But, uh, yeah, man, it's like, it's a little concerning. I mean, we start off slow. Then we have that 4-0-1. I mean, basically, we're 3-0-1. Or excuse me, three one and one. 
in away, and then we're just two and four. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's right. So right <clears throat> now we're sitting at exactly a fifty point percentage at five five and one. Little cause to concern. I mean, we are out a lot of players. I mean, oh, yeah, we have yeah. that Greenway. Oh, forwards, for right? line that has been our biggest, our best line the last two years with Erickson Eck, Felino, and Greenway. But this is, it's just time. You know, Flurry's starting to pick it up. Today was a thumping against freaking crackheads, as in the Kraken. And uh, the season's still early. It is. It's early. The wild, the excuse me, not the wild. I mean the wild usually too. But the NHL trade deadline is probably the craziest deadline out of every sport. Yeah, a lot of rental players get moved. You're kind of right at that place where you're selling or buying, and I could see us making a move earlier. But we just kind of got to ride this out. It's nothing to hang your head down on. But we got to find a way to win these games at home, especially against these teams that are so much inferior than us. And that Fiala, losing Fiala, that Fiala trade, is it's hurting a little bit. You know, I, I could see us going for a Brock Besser from the Vancouver Canucks, Burnsville native, actually. He scored a lot of goals on I me mean, in high school. I can see us going for someone like that, someone that's just a goal scorer, right-handed shot. I've been saying this, but depending on how our team is doing, we will need to make a move if we're wanting to make a push. But also I do think that it's okay to have a kind of a transition development year. Yeah. I I agree. I, I saw that stat with the power plays. We are one of the most efficient uh, power plays w- with goals. So that has been holding us up. But uh, I want to see more improvement on all all sides of the ice. Because every time I, I watch, like I was telling you earlier before we checked into the podcast, we don't really dominate on any part of the game. They they just get wins, you know, and in this beginning of the year, it's been, you know, being in the game and just hoping to get the win at the end of it. So I want to see some improvement from the wild. And I think that'll happen with the Seattle game today. I checked in and it was a thumping at three Oh and, you know, three, three quarters of the way through the second period. But they had opportunities, you know, they had two shots where I was like, that could have been a goal right there. You know, I was getting hyped, possible comeback. And they weren't able to even get one in the third period. So moving forward, I hope they improve and, you know, solidify themselves in the playoff race. But it is early into the season. It is. It is. And there's teams that aren't living up a lot of teams that aren't living up to their expectations. And every game counts. 
but you see it a lot. The teams that start getting hot February, March, April, those are the teams that make long playoff runs. Yeah. You just so, got to get hot at the right time. Just like every sport, but. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's like a yellow flag panic meter, you know. We're like a little, like, kind of like scratch your head a little bit, you know, readjust your hat. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I trust in Bill Guerin, Dean Evison, and we'll figure out a way. Yep. And let's move on into another slow start of the season. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they are having slow starts, which supposed to be a big year for the Timberwolves. Starters have to improve their chemistry together to get better. From the athletic.com titled Timberwolves hyped starting lineup continues to flounder. Here's why it's not working. In this article, I want to more so highlight the Anthony Edwards factor because he's been a big part of our offense. Uh, in this article, it says his offensive numbers are across the board with scoring at 23.1 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, four assists, three-point percentage at 36.9, and field goal percentage 44.9, all the best of his young career. It's his third year, so that's those are good things to hear, but... The offense has also gotten sticky with the starters and the isolation-heavy style that is that Edwards is prone to playing is sometimes responsible for it. I'm going to use the Suns game as an example for this article in general because they the bench brought the lead from down 18 in the third quarter and you know, nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. They were down by two. I think it was nine minutes, maybe six minutes, actually. Yeah. But they were exactly. down by two. And then all the starters checked in. And I was like, that's when my hope was kind of floundering, just like the article, because how I see it go down. And Anthony Edwards played a role in that comeback because his back-to-back three-pointers brought it to within two. But then once we were close and the starters came in, Chris Paul, Devin Booker came back in, it was like they just had to compete one-on-one with each player that they were going up against. Cam Johnson was lighting it up. Dude had like 26-plus points that game, and his three-pointers were just knocking knocking down. With Anthony Edwards, how I saw him play in that game was he had good shots most of the time, and he's able to create – He's the best creator on our team for the shot he wants. But I see him get a little pressured, shot clocks running down. He doesn't have a good shot, so he he fakes a shot and then just dishes the ball back and had a couple turnovers like that. In the fourth quarter, he had two turnovers like that where he just dishes the ball out, hoping that somebody can bail him out. But instead of getting it to a teammate, he get gives it to the Suns. And ultimately, we lose 117-106 or 116-107. And that, to me, is what the Wolves have to get better. This article also says that he was Anthony Edwards was in a post-game conference with Jordan McLaughlin. And he saw the stat sheet and that all the starters had – 
minuses in their plus minus and all the bench players had pluses on their names. So it's really showing that the starters need to get better and they can learn from the bench because in the bench, nobody cares about who scores. They just care that they keep this game afloat. So when the starters get back in, they can win the game in the, the stretch of it. So I'm hoping that, you know, more time goes, the starters chemistry gets better. I want to see more passing from Ant and I want to see more confident plays from D'Lo. Cat's been doing a great job at doing his job, especially as a facilitator, averaging 5.5 assists throughout the eight games they've played. So I know I said a lot, but that's just what's been on my mind. We we could have won the game against the Suns, but, you know, we just threw it away. If our bench was playing mo- majority of our games, we would be 7-1, and 6-2, and two, For not 4-4. Sure. Four and four. For sure. It's not been just the Suns game. It's been every game. And I think the biggest thing that I'm getting, you even brought it up. We brought it back down. You know, striking distance against Suns. You know what Finch does? He brings in a whole line change. He's been doing that all year, bringing everybody in. He needs to start staggering some of these players. You know, you have the Gobert, D'Lo, pick and roll. We saw what Ant and Cat can do last year together. I mean... You don't need to just full-on line change and put all of our starters in. I feel like we got to stagger them a little bit more. Yeah, I've been watching. We're being very readable. Oh, for sure. I've been watching the games and in the commentary when uh, it's Bali Sports North. You know, we have the the Timberwolves commentators. They And I think on national television, they actually said that when it's only Gobert on the court, our defense goes up. And then when it's only Cat on the court, our offense goes up. So when they both get on the court, we should be having both our offense and defense go up. But that doesn't happen. So I'm hoping that whatever they need to do, I Chris Finch has been playing with it a little bit and – Seeing what works, Jalen Noel's been playing well off the bench. Jordan McLaughlin's been playing well. Nas Reed even has been killing it for the Wolves this past week. So it's a long season, 82 games. They're, I think, four and four right now, having yeah, the Bucks on Friday. So they they have a good test, you know, going up against the number one team in the East. And if we can win the against those Wisconsinites, I think we'll be able to, you know, get some get some momentum going. I think the starters have just been playing more entitled because of the players they are rather than playing who they are. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. One thing I do want to mention, so everybody knows Kat's infamous post-game presser about Ants Popeyes, which yep. caused 
Popeyes to subtweet him. Yep. But when I'm looking at Ant's gameplay, they're saying it's all muscle because he definitely gained some weight. <laughs> no, and they do say, like, this is legit. Yeah. But we don't know that's all muscle. And honestly, I don't think he's in the best shape. I see him settling for threes way too much. When we know he has that explosiveness to the rim, shot creating. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. He's been settling for some threes, and he's been hitting them, but that's... And then then you have Cat, who has been sick a lot, so he's also not in the best shape either. I'm not saying they're playing bad, and I'm saying that they're not taking care of their bodies. No, I'm just saying that those are two factors that I think also are playing into this, along with the whole chemistry thing of, I mean, the league has kind of gone away from the two big men. I mean, what, we have my Boston Celtics with Robert Williams and Al Horford, but that's not even like, Horford's not big, big. I mean, 6'11", so that's big to me, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, a, I I think like the chemistry and the health is all going to come. Man, and eat your Popeyes. I love a spicy chicken sandwich from Popeyes. But he's just not in the best shape. Yeah. Even yeah. though his numbers are good. And I can tell by how he's playing. And Ant or and Cat is the same way. He's a lot leaner. Yeah. With that illness. And that's not his fault. Not blaming him, not ragging him. But things will come together. This team is built for a playoffs. It's built for a run. Same thing with the Wild. Exactly 500 in the win percentage. Four and four, five, five and one. These teams are not done yet. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's the beginning of the season. Uh, Going into this article again from The Athletic, with the Anthony Edwards segment, he was asked about the turnovers, and he said, my turnovers were fatigued. I was pretty tired throughout the game. I'm going to work on that. I'll be better. And... You know, he, he does put in work. I see that on, on Twitter they post him running the stairs after the game. And that's good, but I think a diet would help. Uh, one last thing before we close this up is Jaden McDaniels. I think he's just been fouling too much. The Athletic says that as well. He, he had four fouls going into the first possession of the third quarter. So he was limited to 17 minutes, and he's been playing well defensively, but he's also been shooting 28.6% from the three-point arc. And I think he just needs to be better because he is, in my opinion, going to be the glue for this starting five with D'Lo and being, you know, big dogs as guards. And then you got Gobert and Cat. Jaden McDaniels needs to play as that Jared Vanderbilt player that is able to withstand the the physicality of the game and you know just make big plays when when your number is called. So Jaden McDaniels is going to be a big part in the Timberwolves moving forward. He started off hot. Yeah, he really did, and I love that kid. I love that kid. He's also a tall. We have a really tall lineup. Yeah. And, I mean, that goes without saying. 
But he'll pick it up. He still is young, too. I mean, you are dead on with the whole fouls thing. I see him following way too much, and some of them are unnecessary fouls, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's he's getting a little overzealous. Yeah. You know, he'll get a couple blocks early, and then he's like, oh, I'm going for them all. He says, I'm getting that quintuple double. Yeah. He says, I'm going to get 10 blocks. Yeah. No, you're not, you know? Yeah. So, but, but, uh, yeah, we need, like you said, he's going to be our glue. That is a very perfect take on what he needs to be. Light up the offense, spread out their defense, and another forward that can really help. For sure. On both ends of the ball, like Gobert. For sure. So um, that's that's what I got for the Timberwolves. We're going to have to close this episode up. We talked about every Minnesota sport. The Vikings are the high point right now. With the beginning of the season of the Wild and the Wolves, we are, aren't starting as fast as we want, but it is a long season, and we're – hoping that they get it together so we have more playoffs to watch in the end of the season. So, you know, I have to thank Bales for coming through. I know we've uh, been inconsistent. There's been some craziness happening. My room getting flooded. Um, Bales moving around the country, playing some darts professionally. Gotta love it. You know, we'll be a lot more consistent with these podcasts. Once a week is the goal. So we're we're looking to fulfill that goal. And this is the start of it. We're back, baby. We are back. Yes, and sir. I still have my phone, so don't even. Yep, <laughs> nope. I've been I waiting on it. Ray, actually. I didn't I, mention it. <laughs> I know. I've been waiting on Ray. <laughs> so, so this is how this has been going yep yep so but, yeah man yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week for sure uh, i gotta thank you guys for listening it's been it's been a while but we're gonna be better and we'll get you this content out you'll hear our reactions and you will stay up to date with every single minnesota sport there is well, thank you for joining us. It's going to be a great weekend. We have the Bucks this weekend. The Wild are playing for sure. Hopefully they bounce back. And the Vikings are going to have that statement game. Two possessions, baby. Let's go. I got one final take for you all. Let's find those oars and row that boat for the Timberwolves and the Wild. I know I would be hungry. If I was in the wild, so let's get hungry wild. Timber pups, y'all move so much that you definitely got to eat. So let's get hungry there too. And Vikings, man, you Norwegian animals, just keep chopping them down. Win after win. Let's go. Purple pride, just like Prince. Let's go crazy. Minnesota sports, this is a wrap. Let's get at it, guys. Give you my row the boat. Peace. Okay.